0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, January 22nd, 529 AM Central Time. Grain market's pretty quiet. Mixed trade early this morning. Let's start off with the funds.
1: So the fund traders hold a historically large net short position across the grain complex. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday during the week ending January 16th. The funds were net sellers of 34,000 contracts of corn. The net short of 272,000 contracts is the largest since mid 2020 funds were net sellers of 46,000 contracts of soybeans. The net short of 79,000 contracts is the largest since since early 2020. Funds were net sellers of 15,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the week.
0: Large speculators and their selling, it has absolutely contributed to the price pressure here. Here's a chart I threw together yesterday. This is the managed net position. So this is the net fund position across three contracts, corn, soybeans, and SRW wheat. Across those three contracts, large money managers are net short 427,000 contracts. That's the largest since 2019. So the large speculator absolutely is has just been hammering the markets um, and, and for good reason, I think. So they're looking at markets, you're a fund trader, you're looking at markets that are well-supplied, comfortably supplied. You're looking at a demand base that leaves something to be desired. And you're looking at this situation, especially as it relates to corn, I think, where the farmer is a large holder. Uh, think of it like this. So we grew in this country, according to USDA, 15.3 billion bushels of corn in 2023. Let's just assume, and I don't know what the real number is, let's assume the farmer as a whole has a third of the crop price, right? That leaves you with two-thirds unpriced. So let's say 5 billion bushels are priced, 10 billion bushels are unpriced. 10 billion bushels in Chicago Board of Trade Terms is 2 million contracts. There are 2 million contracts that will eventually be offered above the market in corn that need to be sold. So the fund short in the corn market of 272,000 Really isn't much in the grand scheme of things when you think of of supply and demand and just what's actually out there. And I've I've thrown out that number, um, the farmers a third sold, and I've had a lot of people come back to me and said, Joe, it's not even that high. It's like a quarter. It's like twenty percent. So the the farmer is undersold, and I think I think the large money manager is aware of that. So it's it's um they're taking advantage of the situation. I don't know necessarily that they're the ones that are are pressuring the market and that they're the reason why corn went from six down to four and a half, but, uh, it doesn't help. And this is a bad look And this, this sort of net short across three contracts. You look at this chart back to 2015. This has only happened two other times, once in 2019 and once in 2018, um, it lasted for a little while in 1918. It did not last very long, but, uh, no love for the grain markets among large speculators.
1: The Brazilian soybean harvest is progressing. According to Safros and Mercado, Brazilian farmers have harvested 5.1% of this season's soybean crop. At this time last year, 1.7% of the crop had been harvested. Safros is projecting Brazil's soybean crop at 151.4 million tons lower than CONAB's projection of 155 million tons and USDA's estimate of 150 7 million tons.
0: So harvest is underway. It's it's a long process. It takes a while. Um, the weather forecast is wet. This is just the next five days here I've got on my screen and it's wet. And if you look at the, the GFS out through the first week of February, it's really wet. Some people have even said that it's too wet and the market uh, clearly is not of the opinion that that's going to be a problem because soybean futures are only what a dime off of uh, the recent lows here. Argentina could turn into a problem. There's very, very little rain in the forecast for these Argentina corn and soybean areas over the next uh, 10 days. The extended GFS introduces some more rain to central and northern areas of Argentina. Actually, your highest density production areas in Argentina are on the south end of of this circle I've got drawn on my screen here, and those areas still look dry even through the extended period. So if there is going to be an issue that pops up, it'll either be like, super disappointing yields in brazil or it could be this argentina thing just shifts drier and i think most of the forecasters believe this is going to be a temporary shift to a dry pattern in argentina but you know what if it if it shifts and and stays dry that's something that could garner some attention here in the next few weeks
1: so if you guys have not checked out our premium content you need to do so joe can you tell me about some videos we put together last week
0: uh kip tom was on again on thursday so he's been on (laughs) twice now in the last i think two or three weeks And basically, both videos he had some terrifying news on the climate agenda front. Uh, The first video was regarding the European banking agenda as it relates to farming and lending. How these banks uh, could essentially like raise your uh, interest rate on your operating note if you're not climate, uh, um, you're not going along with their climate agenda. And then the one that we did last week had to do with something called a natural asset company, which. The story is absolutely terrifying, and it's very, very real. It looks like they've kind of uh, stopped it for the moment. Um, and then we did Social Media Circus on Friday. No, I'm not endorsing anybody for president. People got mad at me uh, because apparently in that Kip Tom video, like we talked a little bit about – Very, we talked very briefly about politics, and people thought I was endorsing one candidate, the other. No, I'm not. And these Social Media Circus videos start off as being funny, and they turn into – kind of educational and thought provoking, I think. Uh, in today's video, I'm gonna talk specifically about old crop corn and soybean bushels. What's my plan? What have I done? What should you do if, if you are are behind or have fallen behind? And quite honestly, everybody's behind. Unless you're totally sold out, you feel like you're behind. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us every single business day. Guys, remember, this is the best way to support what we're doing here. We have no sponsors. This is how we float the boat. So uh, give it a shot.
1: U.S. corn export sales increased significantly last week. Net corn sales of 49 million bushels surpassed pre-report estimates and were up noticeably from the previous week and up 61% from the prior four-week average. Mexico was the largest corn buyer for the week. Net soybean sales of 29 million bushels were up noticeably from the previous week, but down 6% from the prior four-week average. China was the largest soybean buyer and net wheat Sales surpassed pre-report estimates at 26 million bushels sales were up noticeably from the previous week and from the prior four-week average the Philippines were the largest wheat buyer for the week
0: Really great week of wheat sales. USDA is going to have to make an upward revision to its projection for U.S. wheat exports. We're running uh, 3.6% ahead of last year's pace, and USDA is actually projecting a 4% decline in wheat sales. So I think they're going to have to come up. Soybeans are somewhat problematic. We're off 18% versus the same period last year. USDA says we're going to decrease by only 12. USDA could be a little generous with its soybean estimate. Corn sales probably about where they... Need to be so we we've still got some export problems overall. The wheat sales, though, uh, were surprisingly good.
1: We did have a flash sale on Friday. Uh, U.S. exporters sold two hundred ninety-seven thousand metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current mar- the current marketing year. This is the first USDA flash sale of soybeans since December nineteenth.
0: This was not expected, and actually, the the talk um, around the the marketplace has been that. Brazilian soybean basis is falling apart as uh, harvest begins and it's making the U.S. even less competitive. Some people think that China is ultimately going to cancel some of these uh, purchases of U.S. soybeans. We haven't seen any of that yet. Is it something that we do see um, down the road? It's, it's possible. Definitely not a guarantee, though
1: friday's cattle on feed report was viewed as friendly the cattle market cattle on feed as of january 1st were reported at 102 percent of year ago levels which was in line with expectations placements in december were reported at 96 percent of year ago levels that was steady with pre-report estimates also and marketings last month were 99 percent of year ago levels also matching pre-report expectations as i just said the report is considered friendly as marketings were excellent and placements were lower.
0: Yeah, it's fr- it's friendly-ish. The, the numbers were very much in line with expectations. Looking at a cattle chart, um, and I just threw some retracement lines here on this April chart, it, it has acted much better. Very clearly that low in December was some kind of significant low. Does that mean we couldn't go back and test it? No. But you've almost retraced 38% of that sell-off from the uh, September high through the December low. And you know, if we can... Get a little bit more buying interest here you could be off to the races there's still an old gap at like 190 um, so it, it does look better ideally we'll um, be able to find some buying interest on the open here today
1: a rally in in technology stocks sent wall street higher on friday with a gain of 1.2 percent the s p 500 reached an all-time high on friday the dow jones and nasdaq also saw excellent gains increasing 1.1 percent and 1.7 percent respectively u.s stocks had an excellent finish in 2023 before faltering at the beginning of this year. Optimism surrounding how how fast the Fed will cut rates has declined. The market is currently pricing in a 46% chance rates will be reduced at the Fed's meeting in March. That's down 68 that's down from 68% last month.
0: Markets acted really well. This is a bull market. This is a bull market. You can't argue it now. And um, it's, it's pretty impressive stuff. This is Carl Quintanilla on Twitter, and he's talking about um, an Ed Yardeni research, research piece. And Yardeni's very well followed among uh, like large traders and macro type people. And Yardeni said this, the economy is nearly as good as it gets. Unemployment, inflation, and gas prices are down. Consumer sentiment and retail sales are up. He goes on to say, now that investors' recession fears have abated, they're focusing on company fundamentals. The possible result, an exuberant melt-up phase, which might already be underway and might become irrational, funded by money moving from interest-paying vehicles into stocks and bonds. So that's that's not a popular take. The, the popular take right now is, oh, this inflation situation is still terrible and the job numbers are fake. But the S&P is making new all-time highs, and uh, the smart people – this is one of the smart people – are telling you that this is a really good-looking situation. And what he's saying in this in this second tweet here is that so much money has gone into these fixed-income vehicles, like just general treasury instruments, the bond market, because they're actually paying something now. They're paying 4 or 5%. And now the people who uh, uh, just uh, rushed into these treasury vehicles or interest-paying uh, instruments are saying, wait a minute. 5% is nothing because the stock market was might be up 20% this year, you know, and, and they're looking at a market that's acting really, really well. So he thinks there could actually be a melt-up phase when this money that's in, you know, the bond market uh, decides to come out and decides it wants to be in the market that's acting better. So it's uh, it's really a good-looking situation for now, not to say that that couldn't change. Uh, we did talk about cattle already. We'll see what happens today following the cattle on feed report. Outside market stocks are up again. The s and is up 18 into fresh all-time highs, I believe. The Dow's up 70. Bonds are up a full handle. Crude oil is up 27 cents in the March. WTI at 73.52. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.